Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my majestic universe. This is the Pro Wrestling Zone Podcast, a majestic production, where you will hear the news and reviews of everything professional wrestling with a twist. You have never heard another pro wrestling podcast like this. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And without further ado, let me introduce to you your hosts of the Pro Wrestling Zone, Tiger Height and Peanut Gallery. Welcome to episode number 23 of the Pro Wrestling Zone. I am Tiger Height. Peter Gary. <laughs> that is who I am. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was a great introduction. So, without yep. a show for the first time ever, we're doing a discussion. Hooray, we're doing things other than shows. Thank God. So. Fuck. <laughs> Now there were there were a lot of. Choices. That's my new catchphrase, by the way. There are a lot of choices that we could do for shows, and you know, there's a lot to talk about. But I really want to get into like the nitty gritty of what we're talking about. This so is why... this is this is this is Tiger Heights. Yes, this is suggested by the way. This is uh, the Trailblazers of professional wrestling history. Woohoo! Uh, this is spanning from the 1910s, 1920s to currently. Peanut and into the future. Right. Peanut Galleries is more so of the current, and mine is more so of the past. Now, with <laughs> Yep, because I have no idea about history. Right. Now, Peanut Gallery, did you want me to start, or did you want you to start? Well, why don't you start? But first, let's go over a couple of news items that we might want to talk about. Right. So Let's talk about Ryback. Yeah, so Ryback, <laughs> Ryback made like this big stink about WWE not using his name, um, which is Ryback, in this. And I'm like, okay, dude, you're making a mountain out of a molehill, essentially. Right. Like, one, calm down. Right. Two, don't worry about it. Um, there was the whole deal with... What the hell is that? I don't know. Can but you open the door? Let's pause. She was over. Sorry. No, it's just wind. All right, Mother, Mothership is literally on the other side of the room, but yeah. it's wind. Um, It's very windy here right now. Yeah, we got like 70 mile an hour gusts right now. It's kind of insane. So, yeah. fun, fun fact. Um, So, really, what we're trying to like, figure so out is... everybody on the East Coast, be ready. Yes. Uh, <laughs> new beginning in Osaka is going to be happening next week, but mm -hmm. there have been a couple of title changes. Over the course, um, the Never Openweight Champion was changed to Shingo Tagaji, and then the Gorillas of Destiny regained the Tag Team mm -hmm. Champions from Finjuice, which I thought was an incorrect decision. But what about... I mean, you know, there are a lot of things that are happening. I mean, I want to talk about Ryback and McMahons. That, you, that you can, I think... I mean, it, it was really just a tweet on what right. he was talking but, about. But see, if I was right back, what I would do is say, McMahon's, you can use my name for historical purposes only, but just I Just give still, me some money. Yeah. How hard know, is this? I don't, I don't know what he's bitching about because they never use a right back name outside of what that is. I, I really don't understand what he's getting at. It doesn't I don't make know. Any he's sense. just making a stink. And I love right back. Like, don't get me wrong. I think he's a very smart guy because he did do the whole thing. But this is pretty thing. stupid. Yes, he's making a really big stink out of nothing because oh, yeah. nothing around him is happening currently. Right. Which is fine. It's whatever. Um, we have uh, some impact news. Obviously, we are going to be going to the tapings. Yep, next week is going to be our... It's not going to be live, but we are going to impact live. It's going to be a couple TV tapings. Yes. And we will not do any spoilers. No. But we will talk about our experience there. Oh, absolutely. Hopefully that encourages some of our viewers who are on the fence about going to some of these events to actually go. Cause it's actually a lot of fun. One of the reasons we moved to Vegas was because of this. Well, it's like one of the very minute reasons. Right, we have, but we have a lot of reasons. There are a lot of reasons, but this is a good... 
This is a good reason too. This is a good reason. <laughs> um, also, oh god, what was another one? There was like a really big one. Oh, um, the WWE stock dropping. Oh like, yes. Hardcore. Oh my god. And then they fired two of their EVPs, which doesn't make any sense. It's like, oh, let's do this. It's like, okay, that's not gonna help. I don't know what the WWE is doing. I I feel like it might be a play with Fox or NBC. Someone might be behind the scenes. It might be. Um, we were at Buffalo Wild Wings for the Super Bowl party and. SmackDown was promoted a couple of times. But, of course, the Super Bowl was on Fox. Right. And... Let's just say that they really noticeably promoted SmackDown. Oh, they did it a couple times. Yeah. Still a little more noticeable than it has been in the past, like, ten years. Oh, absolutely. So, um, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. So, um... With that, with that being said, let's go into our subject. Well, hold on. What? Before we go into our subject, because... What else is fucking going on? Let's talk about the next couple of weeks. So, next week is going to be Impact Live. That will be our and, reactions. And, and New Beginning in Osaka. No, which... no, no. New Beginning in Osaka is happening on the 16th. No, it's not. Yeah, it it's is. Ha- no, it's not. We are not doing the New Beginning in Osaka and our Impact stuff on the same day. That's not happening. Why? Because the sixteenth we have we have other things. The sixteenth is gonna be NXT and it's gonna be Osaka. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Right, okay, NXT and Osaka on the sixteenth. Sorry, I sorry. Pink Gallery's dropping shit. Super Bowl. Alright, so the sixteenth is gonna be NXT and Osaka. Okay. The twenty third is going to be Ryan's or Peanut Gallery's choice. Yes. And it will be the first episode of the like, What If. I know it's very popular. I know all of you want to talk about it. I am going to do the very first episode of a series of What Ifs. Right. And that's, and then and that's the, going to be a Peanut Gallery right. driven show. And then the last one of the month is going to be um, the AEW show, and it's going to be. Saudi Arabia, blood money. Yes, yes. So, so we got a, we got a good plan this month. Oh yeah, we got a couple of shows that are actually not pay per view driven. I know it's great. It's I think wonderful. I think it's really good. Yeah. So let's get into our topic, which yeah. are trailblazers. Now we're looking at it on what makes a trailblazer a trailblazer. Right. So what happened was Tiger Height chose like three hundred thousand people. And then we reduced it I down. I chose 150. Let's calm down. Well, let's make it look better. So you chose 300 million people. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I chose the population of the United States. Yes. And then we reduced it down to, like, a few. <laughs> so basically what's going to be happening is I chose five people to talk about, and Penny Gallery chose five. We did not know who we were going to choose, and I just spit out a bunch of people, right. and we just kind of chose it from there based on certain criteria. Yeah. Now, obviously, I wanted to go more towards the actual um, evolution of professional wrestling and the groundwork set, where Peanut Gallery went for more of the newer generation, people that they know of. I went for people I knew. And, and, they, and maybe, and maybe, notes that they, maybe notes that people may or may not know of, of the particular yes. people. So I'm going to start since mine are a little more geared towards um, like literally like Carney days, right. right after Carney days, golden age era. <sighs> now I'm going to start with El Santo as a trailblazer of professional wrestling. Now, this one is a little bit weird because there are three people in the, uh, it's technically the luchador version of the Goldust Trio, which is Blue Demon, El Santo, and Mil Oscaras. I chose, I chose, I chose El Santo for many of reasons. Um, He's had, he had five decades in his career. He started in the 1930s. And he ended in the 1970s. That's insane amount of wrestling. And he wrestled for CMLL before it switched over to CMLL. He wrestled for other luchador promotions that didn't even that don't even exist anymore, and they've been gone and buried for 30 years. He is a folk hero in Mexican lore. In Mexican lore, El Santo, the Silver Mask. Hero is what he's called outside of wrestling. 
He is the symbol of justice for the common man. He was like the fifth child in a family of 10 who lived in a shack for most of his life. He literally started from ground up. He went through multiple gimmicks before he went to El Santo. He built his career on that. He starred in 52 pictures, 52 movies, but only four are dubbed in English. Every other one is in Spanish. In all of those movies, he was never unmasked. He always wore the El Santo mask. He showed his face once in his life. 1984, a week before he died, he showed his face. And it, even then, it was just like a little flip up. And then he put it down. He was buried in his mask. His wife, to this day, his entire family essentially owns the right to use the El Santo mask. There have been a couple of lawsuits outside of that. But the legend of El Santo and what he means to wrestling and to just Mexican legend is astronomical to the point of, I don't even think like people like Dwayne The Rock Johnson can match the level that this guy is because he's a folk hero even to this day. That's why I chose him. Uh, let's go to Tootsmont. A lot of people don't know who Tootsmont is. Tootsmont is the co-founder of the Capital Wrestling Corporation, which transitioned into the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, or the WWF, when they went from the NWA back in the late 50s. Tootsmont fought... For Bruno San Martino to be a main eventer. Bruno San Martino would have been mid-carter at best if it wasn't for Tootsmont. Tootsmont, along with a gold dust trio, which was Ed the Strangler Lewis and um, uh, Billy Sandow. They made not only feuds and programs with wrestlers a general thing, but really transitioned shoot wrestling from the Carney days to what we know today groundwork-wise. Flashier moves, very much a promo-based thing. He created referees. They were called policemen where they would break up fights. They would dictate the match where if it went too slow, they would literally separate them, and that's what happened. They were called policemen. Tootsmont is a legend that people don't know of. His finisher was a goddamn suplex. He was that innovative in what wrestling is today. And, I mean, honestly, nobody knows who this guy is, which is crazy. People, because he, he... So basically, when he left Worldwide Wrestling Federation, he had issues with Vince McMahon Sr. because Sr. was more of a boxing promoter, but Tootsmont understood wrestling. And he understood what got people back in the door. So he left under dubious circumstances with Vince McMahon Sr., which is Vince McMahon's father, which Peter Gallery will talk about later. But that's why he's not so well known. I recommend looking him up. And honestly, if anybody's looking to do a documentary, do it. Because this guy, I think, deserves a lot more credit than he deserves. Uh, let's go into Bruno San Martino. Obviously, we can't say more enough about what Bruno San Martino meant to the wrestling world. Longest reigning world champion in professional wrestling history, still to this day, he sold out Madison Square Garden from the 60s until the 80s, more times, even to this day, more times than anyone in the history of ever, no matter who it is, Muhammad Ali, um, Joe Frazier, nobody sold out Madison Square Garden like Bruno San Martino. And fun fact, Bruno San Martino was fired from the Capitol Wrestling Corporation back in the 
50s due to contract um, disputes with Vince McMahon Sr. who intentionally double booked him so he would miss dates in places like uh, Chicago. Uh, he missed dates in Green Bay because he was wrestling in San Francisco. And Vince McMahon did that on purpose to drive his value down. But San Martino went to Canada, became so popular that McMahon paid a $500 fine for him to go back to Chicago, to go back to Green Bay, to go back to Detroit, to go back to New York. That is how much Bruno San Martino meant. And when he lost his championship to Ivan Koloff after a 10-year reign as world champion, he thought the knee to the side of the head that he received damaged his ears because the Madison Square Garden crowd went silent. It's still to this day known as when Madison Square Garden died that day. And it, nobody, even to this day, John Cena couldn't do anything like that. You, you just can't. Bruno San Martino, trailblazer for world champions to this day. He won a couple of other champions, but I mean, honestly, who else knows him but the World Wide Wrestling Federation? Uh, this one's a little more controversial. Fabulous Moolah. And I'm going to say it. No matter her, um, what she's been accused of, what she did that's been claimed, that has been proven to be true, she is a trailblazer in wrestling. She was a part of Billy Wolf's little circuit of women's wrestling where he has been proven to be a sexual abuser. Um, Mildred Burke, who trained Moolah, left him because he beat her, he beat the people in his circuit, and he slept with them to get bookings. She left that circuit, started her own, and drove him out of business because she did stuff in Japan, stuff in Mexico, stuff in Canada. I mean, what she did or what she had been accused of doing, which has not been entirely proven, is obviously not good. But Mula is the longest reigning champion in professional wrestling history currently, holding the women's champion for over 30 consecutive years. Had, did she have some pull? Yes. But I believe that women's wrestling wouldn't be where it is right now without the fabulous moolah. Are you going to come back and join the conversation, Peanut Gallery? No, I'm just going to wait until you're done. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously yours is going to be later. And we're not right. going to do a back and forth. If you wanted to, then Right, right. No, no. But, but I'm going to let you do your thing, but I know you're the last guy. Yes. Um, well, and then also, uh, Fabulous Moolah was the first ever woman in any professional wrestling Hall of Fame to join the Hall of Fame as well, which I think is really cool. And, you know, obviously, you know, a trip to Disneyland does not substitute beating your child, but at the same time, what she did, there are obvious claims. Nobody knows for sure. Obvious trailblazer. You can't dispute that. And finally, my last people that I can talk about are the first um, NWA board of directors. We're going to do a very brief history on each one of them. Like, literally, like, a sentence. Yes, who who consisted that first? Uh, Pinky George, who was the first president and the main organizer of the NWA, and he was a promoter from Iowa which a lot of these people from the Carney days were from as well. Um, Orville Brown, the first NWA World Heavyweight Champion. No dispute on this guy's significance in the wrestling industry. If you do, I'll fight you in the streets. Obviously, this belt, longest champion in the history of forever. Um, Al Hoft, who was the main trainer of all wrestlers in the NWA at this time. Did a lot of stuff in Ohio. He was the Ohio promoter at the time. 
which was a huge wrestling market, even to this day, huge wrestling market. Harry Light, who was the main Detroit promoter, even to this day, Detroit, Michigan, gigantic wrestling city, no dispute about that. A lot of these were Midwesterners, so buckle up your safety belt. Um, I recommend looking up all of these guys, great stuff. Sam Muchnick, a name that a lot of people know, St. Louis, Missouri promoter, gigantic Midwest, um, a lot of stuff in Colorado, a lot of stuff in like the Prairie Lands promoter was Sam Muchnick. And then also Tom Stetcher, who was not only the boxing promoter at the time, but he did more of the Nebraska promotion. So he was like um, Bible Belt promoter guy at the time. A lot of these guys, what they did was they created an organized wrestling promotion at the time, which was 1948 when the NWA started. And this gave whoever joined the NWA protection. Basically, they were the first ever pro wrestling insurance, where if you join the NWA, you pay a little bit of fines to do this. You have your local promotions, but the NWA World Heavyweight Champion at this time was the true world champion where, you know, your um, Nick Bockwinkle, your Jerry Lawlers, your Farmer Burns, a lot of these people fought against your Oliver Browns, your uh, uh, Lufez, a lot of these guys to get the true NWA World Champion. And really, that was the only belt that the NWA had at the time at this point. Later on, I think in like the 60s, they introduced the tag team champions, like heavyweight champion, etc. Your women's champion as well, which the Fabulous Moolah did, but that's like another conversation for another day because the Fabulous Moolah's relationship with the NWA is a whole other bag of worms. But with... The NWA board of directors being said, um, them, Fabulous Mula, Bruno San Martino, Tutmont, and El Santo across the world, choosing from five, really laid the groundwork for what pro wrestling is today, what pro wrestling as promoters are now, and what it will be in the future, no matter who you are. And honestly, uh, we could do entire episodes on each person that I do, and we can do entire episodes on the people that we're going to be talking about. But what I wanted to do was to really introduce you, at least even in the briefest sense of the word, of what, uh, like the people who really made it from Carney to big time, big promotion, big everything, literally, at the time. So, honestly, like, that's what all I have to say. Peanut Gallery, if you have anything to say about any of the yeah. people that I said, let me know. Any information that you thought was interesting or what you can add to any of the people that I said here. Well, I think what's interesting is that I can build on my characters and say, well, these right. are the people who had advanced it to the place where it's at today. And you see a lot of people... I mean, these people laid the groundwork for it. This is literally groundwork. Tutmont, right. um, especially, who really said, oh, the wrestling promotion was going down. He saw the numbers going down, and he teamed up and said, let's make it a little more flashy let's not make it so thing where he established more moves outside of shoe wrestling to even referees where a lot of people don't even realize the significance of a referee where people are safer it's a lot more action based and they can break it up not only here but in boxing because pro wrestling and boxing were so much here at that time I mean, hell, I can even say something about Gorgeous George where Muhammad Ali said, oh, pro wrestlers inspired my character as a promoter. And, and you, you can see that even to this day Absolutely. With, with mixed martial arts. Oh, yeah, even to this day. And these, these are the people who laid the foundation that people don't see right. of the house that is known as professional wrestling. But anyways, I'm not so much interested in the early history. I'm more of the guy who does like the 
the historical like up to now and then speculation as to the future. So that's what I'll be focusing on. So right. Stay tuned for that. We will be right back with that little piece of nugget history after the break. Yes. And, so, we, and, and we are back. I am going to say something very briefly. So Peanut Gallery is going to be introducing his five people for the Trailblazers of professional wrestling. Without further ado, Peanut Gallery, take it away. All right. So speaking of killing the NWA, which is what Vince McMahon did, I really don't know what to say about Vincent Kennedy McMahon, the junior. He... I, I really don't think I need to really introduce as to why he's a trailblazer. I think the fact that he brought a obscure Northeastern wrestling promotion to the national stage is enough for us to realize that he's a trailblazer. But I'm not interested in that portion. I'm interested more in the now. He 
has continued, despite what you say about his storylines, despite what you say about the people he has hired or fired, McMahon has a characteristic about him. And what I really want to focus on is the fact that he he's probably one of the greatest promoters of all time. I don't think there will be another character who is like him. And let me explain to him this way. He brought, he's a forward thinker. He brought cable television to professional wrestling, or he brought professional wrestling to cable television. I think both of those happened at the same time. He brought professional wrestling to pay-per-view, or he brought pay-per-view to professional wrestling. I mean, he pretty much did that at the same time. He brought multimedia to professional wrestling. Or maybe he brought professional wrestling multimedia. And now we see this evolution to where now he is bringing this online platform to wrestling. But is he really doing that or is he bringing or, or is he doing the opposite? We don't know because he is so forward thinking that you have to think that there are other that these pieces of media may not have existed in the way that it is without professional wrestling being the test animal or the guinea pig for it. And that's what I think is most fascinating about McMahon is that he is he has this uncanny ability to no matter what you think about his his writing style or his his um, production value, he has brought techniques and has taken risks that other people just are not willing to take. And you can still see his impact on the professional wrestling industry as a whole to this day. I, I can't think of a single promoter outside of the WWE who has not at least taken some inspiration from his, his craft. No one has gone outside of the mold and said, well, I want to do something different because Vince McMahon has already done that different thing. And I think that we continue to consume media because of his genius to this day. He is not always going to make money at the very beginning, but what he is going to do is he is very forward-thinking. He will he will make a decision, and even if he loses money in the short term, he will always make it back in the long term because he can see it. And does, you know, again, despite what I think about his storylines, I think that his willingness to take risks and to do things that are outside of what can normally be accepted is going to turn ears towards his product for years to come. Also, to what we heard about his work ethic, it is literally second to none. Oh, absolutely. And I think that he has not only inspired a generation or two of wrestlers, but um, I will get to it at the very end, but I think he's inspired an entire generation of promoters in his own right. Entrepreneurs, even. Yeah, yeah. So I, I next want to talk about more Antonio Inoki. Antonio Inoki is one of the founders of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And he is the first professional wrestler uh, within the modern era to really break out of the mold of what it means to be a booker. Um, before his time, a lot of bookers were not professional wrestlers themselves. And so he was really the first person to kind of break that mold to become a major promoter of a product that he himself was involved in. And what makes him a trailblazer is his unique style and his unique approach to the booking part of the professional wrestling industry. And not only that, but his Muhammad Ali fight as well. Yes, but my, my point being is that I think that in this day and age, in order to be an effective booker, you need to either be a former professional wrestler or you need to have people who are former professional wrestlers. Right. Because there is something about this industry that is so different than what it was that you cannot just be like someone like Vince McMahon or um, you can't be someone like um, 
uh, oh god, can't think of it now, Paul Heyman, or someone like uh, Jim Crockett. You can't be someone who is not a wrestler. Jim Crockett was never a wrestler. Right, right. But my point is, is you cannot be that person. You cannot, if, if you want to start a professional wrestling promotion tomorrow, you need to have people who've actually been in the ring. Or uh, Ted Turner. Right. But my, my, my point being is that he was the first person who was a professional wrestler. And at the time, he was still wrestling. But he really pioneered that concept of, hey, I used to be a wrestler. I know what these wrestlers have been through. I understand what these wrestlers have done. And I want to make a better environment for them. And I want them to have more power. And that's what he brings to this unique style of... Of professional wrestling that can only be found in Japan. Right. And we can still see his impact permeating today. I think that it, with within the circuit in Japan, even, even outside of NJPW, there are a lot of people who have respect and honor for his contribution to the professional wrestling industry as a whole within Japan. And you see a higher standard there as well because he really pioneered it. And you, you can tell that these professional wrestlers almost want to one-up each other. They almost want to see who can do better, who can make, bring the better match. And even within the WWF during the Attitude Era, I think that there was a lot of that kind of style going on as well. And that really brings home that idea of competition and that some promoters do so well within the professional wrestling industry that it brings back competition. Which brings me to my third person, who is Eric Bischoff. Now, this person was not even on our list at the very time, but I want to talk about Eric Bischoff because he was really the first person to mainstream this concept, to mainstream this idea of professional wrestling within a current era and within a current set of demographics. Before you had Eric Bischoff, professional wrestling was not holden to demographics. It was not holden to certain styles or certain, um, certain ratings battles of professional wrestling. You, you, you didn't see it because professional wrestling, before his time, was still kind of on the down low, still kind of... Not the most popular thing to put on primetime television. But Eric Bischoff, as the executive producer of WCW, was able to bring this obscure concept and sprinkle a little bit of mainstream popular culture into it. And I chose him as a pioneer because he was given the ability and the power to do so. The reason I would give it to someone like Ted Turner or someone like Jim Crockett was because they themselves did not do it. But they gave someone who has direct control over the production value the ability to do it. And the reason why Vince McMahon became a character, the reason why he stepped away from the front action and stepped back into the production booth was because he realized he had more control over the backstage affairs than he did over the front. So what really set this era apart, what really made Eric Bischoff into a trailblazer was the fact that he was able to bring an obscure character, the quote-unquote owner or general manager or authority, feeder of, uh, authority figure of some sort into a limelight position where he, kayfabe or shoot, was given this kind of power uh, to, to influence a product like this. And it was never really tested before. It was something that was different. But what made it unique was the time period in which it was tested in. And that's really what brought Vince McMahon away from his position as a commentator and put him more backstage as a producer, off screen, and as the evil dictator boss on screen. 
Moving forward towards the end of the Attitude Era, I want to talk about someone who has transcended professional wrestling as a whole. The first person to do that was Dwayne Johnson. If you're a wrestling fan, you might know him better as The Rock. But to a mainstream audience, I believe at this point in time, he is not known as The Rock as much as he is known as Dwayne Johnson. Johnson. Because he is the first person in the modern era to break away from the from the ring to the screen, to the silver screen, and become a major Hollywood producer or a major Hollywood actor. Um, and the reason I think that he is a huge trailblazer in this is because he he took that step. He was the first one to ever, in my opinion, become more well known as an actor instead of a wrestler. And you can ask in 10, 15 years how you know The Rock or Dwayne Johnson, but I think more people identify with him as the actor more than the actual wrestler because of his transcendence away from wrestling. And we see a lot of superstars following in his footsteps to varying degrees of, uh, of success. Um, I think of people like uh, John Cena, Batista. I can see other people moving into that realm as well, like um, Roman Reigns and Ronda Rousey. But I think that... Uh, Ronda Rousey is in there before right. she started WWE. Right, but... Right, so Ronda Rousey was in there kind of before that, but I think that... I think that, again, more people will know Ronda Rousey as an actress at some point more than a wrestler. And I think that we're almost getting to the point to where if you're not a wrestling fan, you might know Dwayne Johnson as an actor before you knew that he was a wrestler, which is kind of amazing to think about because the entire reason he went into acting was because he was so good at his craft as a professional wrestler and as a speaker and as a promotion expert and I think that other, I think other superstars will follow in his footsteps, and I think we've already seen that with the likes of uh, Dave Batista and John Cena. Maybe not to the degree, but you give it 10, 15 more years, and I think you'll see that. I think you will. And speaking of the modern era, we're we're going back here to the professional wrestling realm. And we are going to the successor, the presumed successor of Vince McMahon, who is Paul Levesque, who is also known as Triple H. What Triple H brings to the ring, or brings to the promotion as a whole, he has wrestling experience, which, as you have heard from me previously, is, I believe, a very important aspect to booking in this day and age. I, I don't think that you can book a good show without actually having the experience of being in the ring and being a wrestler. He, he brings that. He brings a, a measure of youth. He understands, much like his father-in-law, the importance of media as it is currently consumed in this day and age. Also, he understands his competition, which I, I am unsure if Vince McMahon understands his competition. It, it might be, I believe, a, a, a mixture of ignorance, and maybe he just doesn't care. Now, as a question to that, do you think that with Paul Levesque's initial run in WCW, do you think with that knowledge in mind, and also he was competing at the time during the Attitude Era, do you think that leads to that better understanding because he was on the front lines at the time? You know, I, I really think it does. I think that Vince McMahon, like now, back then, was so disconnected from it because he didn't care all he was worried about was making sure that his wrestlers did not leave him 
and that his wrestlers did not go home hungry or waiting for that paycheck, that he didn't really care about what the competition was doing. I think that Levesque has a better understanding because he was on the front line um, with, with regards to the competition. Also, if you notice the product of the of NXT and NXT UK, you you can kind of get an appreciation and an understanding for the quality of it. And I think what is being really played here is that the future is is quality. There are some quality aspects to it that we don't get from the mainstream. We don't get from Raw or SmackDown. But I think it's coming. And I see Paul Levesque and Shawn Michaels as being the catalyst. Because Shawn Michaels is running NXT UK. He's, he's a producer for that show. I see those two as a catalyst for the future of the industry as a whole. And I've told Tiger Height this on occasions. But I think what is going to happen in the future, is that you are going to see an evolution of the WWE brand to a product that encompasses multiple continents and multiple promotions. I would not be shocked if there was a Mexican NXT or a Japanese NXT or an Arabian NXT. They're working on these products, but at the same time, Levesque and Shawn Michaels understand that the future is going to be an all-encompassing international product and that you will get individuals who are loyal to a product's, um, a product's promotion. No matter where in the world they are, you're going to see there's some loyalty in that. And you see that with the way that professional wrestling as a whole has gone. You see wrestling promotions from around the world, um, not merging, but they are partnering up for the purpose of gaining a wider international recognition. And what will happen is that WWE will create its own system of, of wrestling products to compete with the established promotions in Mexico, in Canada, in Japan, and in other parts of the world. And that is where I see Levesque as a trailblazer, is that he has a better understanding not only of the competition, but of the worldwide reach of the uh, professional wrestling industry as a whole. So going from Vince McMahon, who saw the national and international potential of a cable, televised, nationwide audience, to Levesque, who has recognized an even more multimedia, wider-reaching, niche, and worldwide audience. And at this point in time, I will have Peanut. I'll have Tiger High come up and um, say any words. So, a lot of yours seems to be more of the outside of the professional wrestling promotion, and we have been talking about possibly adding a um, either a career or a moment retrospective on the whole scale of wrestling with our Patreon account. And if you want to know more about the Trailblazers or if you want to hear more, let us know. Um, with the responses and everything, especially when we introduce the Majestic Champion as a physical entity, um, viewership has skyrocketed and it's been super great to see. But we definitely need like some input on where you want us to go as a direction. We're still going to do predictions, don't get us wrong, we're not going to lose that. You're going to get your live streams, and you're going to get that. Right. But I, I think a lot of these trailblazers and a lot of these things, it's a lot of fun to really get a grasp right. on grassroots what it means to be a professional wrestler and maybe even like a rudimentary understanding on 
where it either can go with your thing, where, you know, with your Dwayne Johnsons, your Paula Becks, your Mr. McMahons, to where mine was, where it all started, with your Tutmont, your El Santo, and your Vince McMahon seniors. So, um, I hope you guys learned at least a little bit of something with this. I know, Super Bowl, a lot of things going on. Oh, yeah. Um, we're probably going to do another one of these with maybe some different people. We were talking about it. Yeah, because we, had so, we have many so many people. I mean, God, we could have talked about... This was, this was hard to narrow it down. Oh, God, each. yes, it was. So, I mean, I could have chosen ten and been fine. Even then, it right. would have been scratched right. the surface. But anyway, so, like I said, next time is going to be our impact retrospective Later on in this month, we will do our first ever what if because that was a very requested, yes, very requested um, piece, and, and we have some time to do it. Yes, and then and let us know which what if you want us to yeah, do. Absolutely, I'm um, open. Bigger, I have some ideas bigger, already. Big or small, um, if it's short term or long term, it doesn't matter. Right, we'll go with it. If but it's but from, let us know. We'd if love it, if from. If what if Eddie Guerrero did not pass away at the time that he did? Right. To what if Santino Morella won the Royal Rumble when it was a forty-man Royal Rumble because he was that close? Right. Um. We we've gotten both. So so let uh, us know what you like. I have a couple of ideas of my own. Um. I am going to do the. I'm going to do most of them because I do better with that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm just. Honest. Well, I think you might do better with some of them too, Tiger. But right. But you know, let us know well, if we'll you have any particular ideas in mind. But um, I since might do, I might do a poll right. or something. But but you. since the next one is going to be my choice, I want to do what if. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll talk about it more. So thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed it, follow each stream wherever you're watching this on. Um, go ahead and share with all your friends. Follow us on social media. Links are down below. Yep. And become a patron if you want to watch your new beginnings in Osaka, uh, your super showdowns, and bitch about it with us because we're fantastic and we really give some decent commentary. Oh, we are um, better about than it. everybody about this. Oh, my God. It's amazing. And also, you can drink. So it's always wonderful. All right. So thank you guys for listening. And as always, be majestic. majestic. Thank you for listening to the Pro Wrestling Zone Podcast, a Majestic Production. If you enjoyed this program, feel free to follow us on all social media platforms. Links in the description section of wherever you're watching this. We are on all channels. We will be doing this once at least a week, and we will let you know when we go live. Also, if you want to support us further and get great exclusive content, including watch parties, merchandise, signings, and any and all future shows, become a patron today at patreon.com forward slash majestic P. That again is patreon.com forward slash majestic P. Thank you guys for watching. Enjoy the rest of your day, evening, or morning. And as always, be majestic. <laughs>